Five, four, three, two, one. Right. Hello, children, and welcome to episode 13 of the On My Dime, On Your Time podcast. This episode is featuring Travis Weaver. He's one of the creatives behind the brand One DNA. One DNA is like a super interesting brand, man. It's quickly becoming one of my favorite brands. It's going to be a brand I'm definitely going to be looking out for in 2021 and moving forward. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast episode. And if you guys want more episodes like this, please make sure to download the episode on Spotify. All right, man. So how did you get started in this whole fashion sphere that we're all stuck in? So it well, it's always been a dream of mine to work in fashion. I grew up living in a small town in Michigan and not really having an outlet to kind of express the things that I was into and like being around like my mom and like my mom has 12, six brothers and sisters and like being around like so, so many women, like in my family, it was always like fashion was a thing and like shopping, like kind of like grew up in a mall like hanging out in shops and like being in racks and always had the desire to want to be able to make my own clothes because I've always been drawn towards more feminine clothes but then like uh, my, my pronouns are he him so I I am a man I identify as a man and like but I, I'm like obsessed with like women's clothes like I've always been obsessed with women's clothes and like the idea of not being limited to what you can wear as an individual and not letting the binary dictate what you wear as well. Like I've always felt like I wanted to dress out of the norm. So it's been something that I've been into as something in my, my lifestyle. So I really wanted to create clothes that I could, I I could wear. And I felt like, why not, you know? Absolutely. What are some aesthetics that you found yourself drawn towards and how has that like shaped the way the brand is today? Mm, I've really been I'm really into like minimal minimalism like first and foremost like I would say like almost like the idea of like a prep of like preppy preppiness but then like being like preppy when I say like Gap like J Crew like those were sort of the brands that I grew up knowing living in the Midwest but then like a total rejection of that was like to really get into like Rick Owens like was like a like my first like taste of like the real fashion world and like really like getting obsessed with like fashion that was like 2013 and it was like the idea of like casual wear but then had that element of like a post-apocalyptic role but then this cult following like but then having the element of like gender fluidity but like still having a binary brand but still seeing that element of like gender fluidity and like still seeing that element of like minimalism as well too but maximalism still at the same times which I feel like is a world that I like to like kind of dip my toes into. Absolutely. Like Rick Owens has been like a big influence in me in fashion. He is definitely like going towards like the more of the gender fluid stuff. So I can see like how that like works for you and stuff. So like what, what made you decide to like start the brand really? Because like you go in, like a lot of people are interested in fashion, but like only a few people that I can think of started with an interest and actually ended up making a brand with actual quality clothes like you do. So how did you like, what like what was like that moment that where you made the decision and how did you how did that the brand stem from that so i mean that moment started in also 2013 like um you'll probably hear me say like 2013 a lot and like my my partner and business partner will probably like what am i even talking about but it was the year that i moved to new york and i interned at like a bunch of different companies and i saw these like young people being entrepreneurs and like starting businesses and like taking risks. And I was like, you know what? Like, I want to do that. And like, I've always wanted to do it. So 
it was just like one kind of crazy night. I went out partying like my last little hurrah for like that, that summer internship. And I shared a cab like with uh, of then like, I don't know if you ever remember Natalia Kills. That name sounds like, she was, like a, but I don't really. Back then, like, but kind of like got canceled or whatever. And like we shared a cab ride and I had made the first sample of our, our, our brand. And she was like, I want that top or whatever. It was like the first like prototype or whatever. And I was like, oh, wow, like I'll make you one or whatever out of this like blue moon. And then like I like made her this top and that was like the first like ever real product that we had made. And like she was shooting like with a magazine, and, like use it in a magazine. And like she really tried to like shout me out like randomly, just drunkenly sharing a cab with this then pop star and kind of snowballed from then. And like I finished up my last year of college and I took a product development class. And in that class, we basically partnered together with uh, two design students and two marketing students. And we concept like a gender neutral brand. And from there, I just kind of started a business plan of like, this is what I want to do after college. And like, when you talked about quality earlier, after graduating, like I worked for Givenchy for three years as a brand rep at Barney's New York and Madison Avenue. Wow. So just like being a person around quality clothes all day, it was like kind of just like what was like the norm for me because like I worked on the, the French designer floor. So it was Balmain, Givenchy, Saint Laurent. And um, yeah, I mean, that was like in Lombard. So it was like kind of like, I was like immersed with quality, like clothes for like that segment of my life. So I was like really focused on that. And then from Barney's and Givenchy, I went to Totokayo. Yeah. So yeah. I opened a flagship store in New York, which was like a five floor store of like Jill Saunder, Rick Owens, Come Nigger Song, Izzy Miyake. So it was like that still that element of like being around those clothes and like still like on the side, like working on the brand. And like, I was honestly just like sampling clothes and creating like collections. like marketing it but like not actually like producing any real products and it was a kind of a lot of like like testing and playing and like figuring out what sort of silhouettes i'd want for a gender neutral brand and like really experimenting and like playing with my personal style and also like mirroring like kind of like the brands that i admired and stuff like that so i mean that was kind of like the launch of it and then it kind of snowballed once I collaborated with my partner and business partner. We sort of streamlined our assortment and we launched a, a hoodie, like a singular like product and um, a unique like fabrication and like a very like minimal like color selection. But like of the moment, like kind of like hoodies were like, it was like when like Vet Ma was like the hoodie. Mm -hmm. So like we tried to like kind of like capitalize off that moment in fashion. Cause like I loved them and like Dimna would be like my new like inspiration for like a, a designer that I find like aspirational and like I look up to right now. And um, so yeah, we sort of like streamlined that. And from that moment, we sort of gotten into wholesale right away when we launched that product. We were selling to um, a store called Fabric in New Zealand. Never heard of them. If you know the Simon Miller. Pardon me? Do you know the company Simon Miller? I've heard of it, yeah. So it's a denim brand that's based out of California, but basically that was his namesake brand. But in New Zealand, he had a little like um, mini department store that carries like Calm Nigger Song Play and a lot of like Japanese denim brands and, and, and products like that. So that, that's kind of how we got our foot into the door. And then 
kind of just has grown from there. And I mean, we, we're very like reactional company. So we try to like mirror what's happening in the times. I feel like it's important to like speak to what's going on in the world. Absolutely. With that, like what's the meaning behind the yesterday to today tomorrow collection? Because that's like that's my favorite collection, like besides like the pants and like the jackets and stuff that you guys have made so far. So I just want to know like the meaning behind that. So yesterday, today, tomorrow is so basically all of the products that we're currently selling were designed and produced during the pandemic. And the idea of the yesterday, today, tomorrow is because like the concept, like no one knows what day it is anymore. Okay. Yeah. Because it's kind of like, so, so the world's like being in quarantine and like that feeling, it's just like, you never know what day it is anymore. And it's just like, does it even really matter? Mm-hmm. But basically that concept is also, we do 50% of the proceeds go to food banks. So it was like our efforts to really like partner with the community because like our lives were impacted by the pandemic so much that we couldn't imagine like other people's, like how, how, how much they were impacted. So we, we really wanted to like give back to the community. Yeah, that's something I actually really admire about you, uh, Travis, is because like I've interviewed a couple of brands for the podcast and like I try to make it so that the brands that I interview have a quality product first and foremost and that they're not just doing it for, like to make a quick buck. So like it's it's really good like what you're doing. So like I commend you for that. Absolutely. I mean, that's one. I mean, because I've always said the same kind of the same thing like because I've always wanted to do this, but then in the back of my head, was the sustainability aspect of it. And I was like, there doesn't really need to be another brand brand out here. But for me, it is the sustainable aspect of it. So our products are made from um, natural fabrics. So they are biodegradable, biodegradable, but we're also the belief of slow fashion versus fast fashion. So it's like about building like basics. And like, if, if you buy our piece, it's about like educating our customers to actually care for the garments that you purchase and to keep them in your wardrobes. Like I always say, like my, my goal is to be like in the next 20 years that I can see our clothes like ending up in like secondhand shops versus like being in landfills is which a really big important element of it to me, but that's one side of it. But it's also about being inclusive when it comes to age, race, gender. Like I think those are very important like things because like I wanna make sure people feel represented in the world as well too. Absolutely, absolutely man. What's the ethos behind the name One DNA? Well, I mean, sort of the, the ethos, so ethos is the any age, any race, any gender, like One DNA. So it's like we're I'm I'm wanting to market to anyone who wants to who wants to participate. So in our retail shop, we have products starting out from ten dollars going up to like two hundred dollars. So it's just like I really feel wholeheartedly like we are trying to create something for everyone. Absolutely. Is there like, a, were you ever tempted to like kind of appeal to like a certain group and like, were you ever tempted to do that? Because like, I feel like it's a lot more difficult than to like market to everybody. Absolutely. I mean, I'm appealing to like someone who's, who's open-minded to gender neutral, which I do feel like is like, a, is it a niche market? But I do feel like there's a lot of room for educating people. So like, I feel like I'm definitely like marketing to like a niche customer base, but I'm also like trying to educate a new customer base as well so we can build a new clientele. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But I've definitely had a more like niche collections in the past. Like our last season, we, we, we did a, like a niche collection that was like our holiday collection. So it had a more of a like colonial vibe, 
like a little bit lumberjack, a little bit like throwback, like American like vibe. And I'm like, it was a very niche collection, but it was kind of like what I was feeling at the time. Okay. So kind of like the brand like changes as to like what like your aesthetic you're feeling at the time, sort of. Yeah, and like where we're at as a world too, you know, like, yeah, I mean, like I never really imagined that we would be a sweats brand and now it's like, or a mask brand, you know? Mm-hmm. We make a mask that is made in the US and it has an antibacterial filter and it can be washed up to a hundred times. Awesome. It's also made, it's, it's, a, it's made, like, we know our factory really well. Like, we know our seamstresses and we know our, um, our tailor. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So, and, like, you don't have to, like, tie them around the head, which I think is a really uh, a nice feature that you can get on those. Yeah. No, they're beautiful, man. I'm, I, think, I think I might pick up one or two, honestly. I appreciate it, yeah. Yeah. When you were starting the brand, what are some, like, obviously you're very educated in like, in what business is and like how, how much work it goes into with making a business, but what are some like unexpected bumps in the road that happened while the brand was either in, in its infancy or like several years back that you didn't expect? And how did you like combat those to keep moving forward and prevent like sort of the, like the feeling of just wanting to give up from setting in and like in over? The bumps never end. Mm-hmm. The bumps hit every week. I mean, it's about, it's having a small business. There's always going to be a roadblock, but for me, it's about not, it's about figuring out solutions, you know, mm-hmm. like there's a solution for everything. So it's just about like taking a second to find a solution. Like, I mean, some of the first road bumps were like the first collection that I, I did, I was doing was I was obsessed with neoprene at the time. So it was like, everything was like neoprene, 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 but like, to source the fabric in the US, it was such a high, a high, um, basically for the margins. Cause like, I mean, fashion is all about like a margin and being able to get a product to a customer, but it's also about like being able to have a, make a profit from it and still feel like you're, you're, you're marketing at a price point that a customer would want to buy. So really like scaling your products is always the hurdle. And I was trying to scale this neoprene top so I was like getting fabric from overseas, but basically I totally got scammed. Oh shit. I didn't get my fabric. So it was just like kind of like coming up with solutions and crossing those hurdles. And like, I mean, like I always feel like I want to like give up, but then something happens, you know? Mm-hmm. You find like the meaning again in a sense, maybe? So what? It's like you kind of find like another reason why to keep going when you feel like you well, want to give I up. I mean, I guess the opportunities have been presented to make us keep going Mm -hmm. so i mean like i guess always kind of figuring out solutions and like if you just keep going i feel like that's that's what works you know like we just kept going like i don't know being very like problem solving Mm -hmm. who are some of your like inspirations in like business or in fashion like as a brand or like people maybe um i would say a big you said inspiration right yeah a big inspiration for me has been a brand like brands that have really like strong aesthetics so like one of those brands i could mention is mansur gabrielle never heard of them so they are a handbag company based in uh, new york and they uh, make just like bucket bags that are made in italy and but it's a very like minimal aesthetic it's like a black bucket bag with a red lining but their aesthetic and like it's just so clear and it's like very minimal and 
I'm really drawn to things that um, are like experience driven, you know? How do you mean it's experience driven? So I'm like, cause retail stores can't just be a retail store anymore. They have to be an experience. Okay. So when I say experience, it's like you, you want to feel like you're walking into like, like an old school boutique and you're going to get that level of like quality service that you do at a one DNA boutique. So you like walk into our space and you're going to, going to be greeted. You're going to, we're going to learn what your name is and we're going to, we're going to like help you along the way when you're in our shop. Like it's not the experience of like walking into a cold, like commercial store where like you, you can't get any help. It's like you walk into a one DNA boutique, you know, you're going to be greeted, you know, they're going to find out your name and there's going to be an introduction and like, you're going to get some product knowledge in the product. So it's like, that full level of like great customer service, which brands that I aspire like Prada and those high-end brands, like, like that's the quality that you're gonna get inside of our boutique, but also on our Instagram and also on our website. Amazing. No, cause like you guys like, you have a really quality like social media presence as well. Like I feel a lot of brands are lacking in that. You guys have obviously put emphasis in that. So it's, it's, it's yeah, I mean, stuff. quality is like, I mean like we, we engage all of our customers and, and if anyone like tags us, like we repost and we, we honestly follow back our clients as well too, because we feel like we don't want to feel like an elitist brand. We want to feel like we're a brand that's like welcoming the community. And we, I mean, I, I'm inspired by our followers. Like it's so, so amazing to have these apps that we can all stay connected through the world. Mm -hmm. That's low key why I like reached out to you because like I found your, your, um, the brand through Greg, like Greg and Tori from like, from Montreal, right? You guys like did a post with them. So I found the brand and I'm like, okay, cool. This is amazing stuff. I might like pick up something in the future. So I followed you guys and you actually followed me back. So I'm like, okay, cool. This guy has 10 K followers. If he didn't follow me back, he probably wouldn't message back like the podcast or me. Right. So that's kind of, I mean, we honestly message everyone back on our account. It's like, it feels like a really big important thing for us. It's like, make sure that we're like communicating with our audience. Mm -hmm. It kind of shows that there is like, in fact, people behind the brand, right? It's not just like a faceless entity, like all the other like fast fashion companies. So we, we ship out all of our packages as individuals. Everything is like done through our marketing is done in house by me and my partner. Amazing, man. Amazing. Where do you see the brand in like maybe a few years time? Like give me an arbitrary number and then like see like where you want to be. I mean, my goal is to be, well, the company, I really want our company to be, I want to be the Ralph Lauren, you know, like I want, I mean, like a real representation of what the world is, you know, it's just not a cis white male who's marketing to cis white people, you know, like it's about being inclusive, which I feel like a lot of brands have hopped on that campaign as a marketing strategy, but like, I feel like we're actually, I'm living and breathing that that the American dream. So it's like, I'm still hoping on to the dream that the American dream can actually become true. And my goal is to open up a factory in the U S and produce all of our goods locally mm -hmm. and offer jobs to the community, you know, and like really do partner with like groups of people that don't necessarily have access to, I don't know, like privilege, you know, like I really want to make sure that we can like, help help other people you know and like make beautiful clothes and like do it ethically so Absolutely. my goal is to open up like my own factory someday and open up more stores in the u.s than around the world amazing man i'm rooting for you man like businesses like this are like the future and you guys like deserve all the all the growth that you're gonna get
I mean, a company that like, I don't admire Zara and the fact that they're a fast fashion company, but I admire their business um, structure. So they're a vertically integrated company. So it's like, my goal is that we can be a virtually integrated company where we have our own factories and we're making our own goods in the US. Amazing, I didn't even know Zara was, was like that. That's amazing. They're vertically integrated. They own all of their factories. So, I mean, that's a big um, goal for me today is to have our own factories and stuff and reproduce it in the, the US. Absolutely, man. Do you have any advice for young people who want to start like their own business, like be it in fashion or otherwise? I mean, my advice is to intern if you are have the the opportunity to do it. Do as many interns as you internships as you can. Take as many jobs that you can. Honestly, be humble as well too. Like, I I've I worked retail for ten years and like I hustled and I I made good money from doing that position. And I felt like in the fashion industry, like people look down on the retail worker, but I'm like they're the essential workers for this business and like. I was proud to be a retail worker, you know? I worked in corporate fashion, that's what I wanted to do, but I ultimately love my retail jobs just as much as I like being on the corporate side. Mm -hmm. So I would just say to be really humble and take any job you can if they're gonna pay, you know? Absolutely, even if they don't pay, honestly, I think a lot of people like yeah, believe- for free, but I never, I never, I never give the advice to work for free, honestly. Yeah, I mean, yeah but it was because i had some privilege you know and it's like i don't really think it's fair that people should work for free but like here's the thing like maybe if you're they just getting your foot in the door something in return of like the fact it's like portfolio work and all of that to me like if you're getting i think like when i say free it's like you have to be getting something in return if it's like a portfolio piece or it's like um like a clothing trade or something you know what i mean like those things hold value okay so I feel like you have to be getting something in return. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, no, that makes sense. Important, like, cause like I did my free jobs, but like I did those free jobs in exchange for portfolio pieces. Okay. So that's what I, when I say don't work for free, it's like, don't make sure you're getting something in return. That's going to help you in the longer term. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I feel like those opportunities are definitely out there and you have to always spin it. Even the one that's ever worked for me as an internship or something like that, like it's like, we're going to be like giving you like real experiences and like portfolio pieces. Mm -hmm. It's about collaborating too as well. So yeah. it's not just like one sided, you know, it's like has to be a collaboration where it's like both parties are like, I don't know, collaborating on the project. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So like you're obviously busy as hell, right? Cause you're doing like the design, you're doing the packing and all that stuff. So how do you ensure like, productivity besides like having the necessity to get shit done because i think a lot of people struggle with being productive especially now because of covid and everything you there's nothing really to do if you don't have anything to focus on so like what are some habits that you do to ensure productivity or you think other people could benefit from implementing i mean to me it's getting a good night of sleep, good night of sleep so like i always get eight hours of sleep i need to like, work on that be productive if i do not get eight hours of sleep and I mean, that's my biggest advice, like get sleep, like drink a lot of water. And like, those are the things that like keep me really focused and like eating healthy as well too. Like I feel like, 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 like you said, quality, like quality has to be about what you put inside of your body as well too. So it's like putting really quality things in your body to me, like eating really healthy, like fruit and vegetables and like, or what keep me really focused. Mm -hmm. Like quality in quality out kind of thing. Okay. 
like what what was the process behind opening your like the storefront as a small business because i because like I, I i can't imagine like how like like how big of an issue it is i just want to have some insight into that um i mean so they the, it's been a dream of mine forever but like i've i've been living in new york for the last like eight years and like everyone knows that like new york is like an expensive city to live in so it's like i was juggling three jobs in new york and also like doing the brand basically to make sure I was keeping up with the lifestyle that I wanted to live. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have to work for the things that you want in life. It just doesn't come free. So I would say that opening the store was like a dream of mine, but I knew like living in New York that it was, it felt unattainable. So we did pop-up shops in New York. Like there was a really cool company that we partnered with called Chinatown Soup in the Lower East Side. Mm-hmm. But basically they like, they like offered their space. It was like kind of this monopoly idea that you could use their space to sort of get ahead in life so that they would like kind of like do like a cheaper rate for like young artists so like we had that opportunity to do that but i also i kind of like i was like i want to be in a retail store so like i would like go around to retail stores and like i would like i'd be like oh look, this is my brand like it's it's like you have to put yourself out there like i mean there's always going to be rejection and like i got a lot of rejection but then i finally met one person that said yes and they let me do a pop-up shop basically in their store but I like they agreed to let me do it because I was like, I'll come in and sell my product. Mm-hmm. So I went into their store on um, a weekend and sold like a couple grand worth of product. And they were basically like blown away because they're like, we don't even do that numbers in a day because it was a brand new store. Wow. So, like they hired me to actually be their store manager and I got to sell my clothes there for two years. And it was like all a dream come, come true. And it was like, wow, this like blew, blew my mind that I was able to do this. And that was uh, 2018, 2019. Flash forward to like 2020, it's like pandemic hit. And it's like our whole, I was like, basically, let's just stop doing it, you know? What's the point? But like I said, those opportunities presented themselves again. And that's when I, we launched yesterday, today, tomorrow collection. And we had overwhelmingly like backup from like the social media world and like, sorry like <laughs> to get like a little emotional but it was like so so positive to see the way the community came together to support my brand yeah. not even during the pandemic but just also like the black lives matter movement you know mm-hmm. Absolutely. so i've just been so grateful honestly for that you know yeah. yeah you guys are doing amazing stuff like thank you but yeah i mean it's just been like the support of like our the social community which is like giving me the power to keep going you know and like open up the store mm-hmm. so, i mean we really wanted to put the message out there to keep going and stay optimistic yeah absolutely now but your yeah. story enough is motivation to like whatever project you have just to keep fucking pushing it right honestly going, like we looked at so many spaces for the retail store and like we got so many rejections that I was like, oh, there's no way that I'll ever do this. Even in freaking Michigan, I was getting rejected and I kept going until someone said yes. Mm-hmm. So I think it was just like really like not taking no for an answer, you know? Yeah. How did you mean, like, you're obviously extremely driven. Like, I feel like you're one of the most driven people I've ever had the pleasure of speaking with. But like, how did you like maintain that drive to keep performing at a high level? Because... I feel like in this day and age, a lot of people like there's a lot of like reject like people like get rejected a lot, which is the same. But like I feel like a lot of people give up 
a lot faster than they used to per se. So like, how did you, how do you maintain the, how did you maintain the drive to just to keep going and to keep pushing forward? So for the will to keep going and having the drive for me is I always have this saying where it's like, I just think about like how hard like my ancestors like fought in the civil rights movement and all that stuff. And it's just like, if they could fight hard for us to have rights in these nowadays and like actually make something of ourselves in society that it's like, I can keep going on with my, my, my company, you know, and like my career and like wanting to expand, you know, it's just like, honestly, just my, our ancestors, you know, they like fought, fought hard for like civil rights, women's rights. And it's just like, I just look back at those people, you know? Mm-hmm. Is it kind of like you want to like, you want to keep pushing because they kept pushing or is it more that they pushed for something? I don't want to like devalue the brand or anything, but they push for something that's like world changing and you're, and like it helps you push like towards making your brand and your dream a reality in a sense. Yeah, I'm just saying like in general, like, you know, so it's just like, I feel like there's not a lot of like black retailers and not a lot of black designers that like, that are like world known, you know, and it's just like that. And it's just like, I want to make, I don't know, I just feel like they give me the drive to wanting to like keep going. I mean, like anyone from Martin Luther King to like Rosa Parks, but I mean, even like someone from like modern day, like P Diddy, you know, like, like seeing him on the screen and like just being like an entrepreneur is like, like, I don't think that's what I want for my life, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just like working towards what I want. Like, absolutely. Absolutely. Do you feel comfortable with sharing any upcoming projects? Like for like, for like maybe for the rest of the year, for maybe like for the year going forward? Right now. I mean, we're, we're working on a few, few different projects. Some things that we'll be getting to, it's like, we're hoping to get into a little bit more wholesaling again. So right now we're only doing DTC direct to consumer, but in the new year, we're really hoping to partner with more uh, retailers. So like department stores in the past, we've worked with Selfridges in London. We've worked with fabric in New Zealand. We've worked with um, a few other like smaller uh, boutiques in New York as well, but we're just really trying to expand our wholesale categories. Absolutely. You got to try and get something in Toronto, man. Cause like when I found your brand, I showed it to like a bunch of people. Everyone loves it. Like I'm, I'm not even like trying to gas you up. Everybody loves it. Thanks so much. I mean, I mean, my, my dream would be to sell at Essence and like, we're, we're really like wanting that to be something that we, in the new year that is a possibility. So. Absolutely, man. That, uh, I mean, like Essence is such a cool, retailer so we really admire their um their company and stuff like that so i feel like the aesthetics are aligned and we would love today some today's to sell on their website it's i've it's gonna happen real soon man like honestly i i can just i can just tell by the ethos of the company and how passionate you are it's gonna happen real soon man honestly i mean so how did you sort of get into the podcast um like when COVID like happened, I was kind of just like, I have all this free time, right? School wasn't, school was taking up maybe 50% of the time that I had during the day. And like, I always, like, I admire like the fashion YouTube because I recently, I got into fashion like, maybe three years ago. So I'm watching like fashion YouTube and stuff, like just to get to know, like find my own aesthetic and all that stuff. But I was like, I was like thinking one day, I was like, I found all these creators that are like into fashion, but 
I, you can just tell by like the way they handle like certain situations and the way and the way that they produce their videos or like something about them. They have a lot more value to provide than just how to wear wide-legged pants, for yeah. instance, right? So I started the podcast as a way to kind of pull back the curtain on creators that have something that I admire, be it their business sense, the way they make their content, even something like the way they dress and their self-confidence to get a bit of insight into that. And maybe I can change my paradigms on the way that like my, the way my life is structured and become a better person in the process. And I decided to put it online. Maybe just, maybe someone else can benefit who's in a similar situation because initially I just wanted to do like informational interviews. Like I just like meet up with these people or have a zoom conversation. I'd not record it, just talk to them, ask them a few questions, but then I just decided to make it a podcast. So yeah. So what are some brands that you're into? Uh, like I love Rick Owens, but like, just like with where, like where I, I live in Toronto, right? So it's not really like the most wearable brand here. So like, I'm kind of going into like Scandinavian style. Like I love like Le Mer, Acne Studios. I do have a few Rick pieces, but like, I don't know. I do like a lot of like vintage stuff as well, just cause like, I feel like it's a lot more sustainable and stuff. Like I, I, I quit fast fashion basically like a year and a half ago. I've only been like thrifting or buying designer ever since kind of thing. So we, we actually sell thrifts and are all like vintage in our store as well too. Really? For that same element of what you said about the sustainable aspect as well too. So we'll actually be doing like uh, like vintage sales every other uh, Monday on our Instagram account. That's like a, a, a like a, a DM like kind of sale. Okay, awesome. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check that out, absolutely did one uh, for the first time like last Monday so we were like we're, we're really good and I feel like it was really good to like engage our um our following that way and like we did a, like it was like nice because it kind of like said like like every like people DM and like got to have a little bit of like back and forth about like like the fit and like how to like sell the piece as well too mm -hmm. awesome man you guys are doing a great shit. I, I don't want to keep gassing you up because that's not like what I'm doing, but like. Yeah, we, I mean, like more to come in the new year and like we really hope to, I mean, our, our goal is to really invest in our company right now. So just because I feel like a lot of brands are like closing. So it's like our opportunity to like make make a name for ourselves right now, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel like I there's like, market. Sorry, go ahead. I feel like there's room in the market for new companies to like grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like with Instagram in this day and age, people are pushing towards a more like of a slower fashion. Like people are buying more designer and are doing vintage as well. So like the spots there for you guys. Do do you do you use TikTok? I do not. I just I'm just on Instagram basically. Yeah, so we, I mean, we feel like our companies really tries to be innovative as well too. So like we're up on the latest apps and stuff like that, and like we we partnered with a lot of like the TikTok stars as well too because we felt like basically like tiktokers are the new celebrities yeah pretty much awesome good stuff man um there's a bit of a, like just something that's been interesting to me but like what's your hiring process for employees at the storefront so i mean we're a very very small company and we're we're like the only two employees for our company basically me and my business partner simon black okay and he's my partner as well in life mm -hmm. So it's just the two of us for now because like I, my background is sales. So like that's been a really like valuable asset to our company because I, I genuinely love selling stuff. So that's been a, a really big advantage for a company that like I love like selling things. So like I always say like you can sell anything that you love and like I design all the clothes. So I'm like, I love them. Mm -hmm. yeah. Awesome.
But in the future, I mean, we would love to hire people. So that's going to be something as our company grows. And like, that's why I, I mentioned like the sort of wholesale opportunities because like that will allow us to have like uh, hire employees in the future as if we were, were to like be able to actually wholesale the products. So, I mean, that honestly is like the first position that I would, we would want to hire is like a wholesale employee okay. that side of our business. Awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. Last question. I'm pretty much, we pretty much went through all the questions, but like, do you have any book recommendations for me? Cause like, I'm trying to like read a little bit more, like I'm trying to read a book a week. It's not really, it hasn't uh, been working out that well for the past two weeks, but yeah. I have to send it to you um, in an email if that's okay. Absolutely. That'll be great. I actually have a few and I want to make sure I get the titles exactly right for you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um, all right. That's, that's pretty much it. Where can the people find you? So we are on Instagram at one DNA dot earth. That's O N E DNA dot earth. And that's also our website handle. And we are on TikTok as O N E underscore DNA dot earth. Amazing. So we're on all those little channels there and we're also on twitter one earth so we do we do it all and like we're we're available on email so if anyone ever has any questions like feel free to reach out our emails on our website awesome i'm going to leave all those um in the links in the in the description of the podcast as well cool. all right awesome. Get it. awesome thank you so much for coming on i really appreciate it cool we'll stay connected